are here today to worship God and learn a little bit about, uh, about marriage. Uh, through the month of June, we've been celebrating marriage, uh, and it is uh, just a, a sacred, honored event that God has given to us. I do believe in the sanctity of marriage. Uh, no matter what uh, any court may say, it is God-ordained, and it is for one man, one woman, for life. And that's where we stand, and that is what we believe. I may be preaching that from prison one day, but I will stand on the truth of, of God's word come what may. So we've been looking at some of the famous lovers of the Bible. And I don't know about you, but this has been exciting for me. Man, some, some steamy love stories are found in the word of God. You know it? And uh, we have learned from those uh, this month, and we're going to learn another one today. What we've also been doing is celebrating marriage in our church, uh, putting the pictures of some famous uh, lovers or couples from our church, their wedding photos, and I got one right here for you. Hmm, man, wow. I'm telling tell you what, that lady's a knockout, isn't she? And I don't know about that guy, though. I tell you, anybody have any idea who that might be? Let's have them stand up right here. Here's the famous love couple right here, Russ and Cheryl Wagner. Here's the, thank you. Love you guys. They were married right here at Cavanaugh Church, but not in this room. It was actually in the old gymnasium. Our gym now used to be the sanctuary. Uh, that happened uh, just a few years ago, <laughs> just a couple years. Here's what I know about this couple. Uh, Cheryl never kissed another boy other than Russ Wagner. That's, that's the word I got. She's never kissed. A, now, I can't say the same thing about Russ on girls. I, you know, I mean. But here's what I know about them. They love each other. They, love, they, are, they are madly in love with one another to this day. And Kavanaugh is their church home. They love this church as they love the Lord. They're a great model for us. Give Russ and Cheryl another big hand. Appreciate them and their marriage. Got another picture right here. I've just got to turn around and stare at this one. You talk, There's another knockout girl right there. Isn't she beautiful? Wow, man. And look at that square-jawed young man. He ain't bad himself. Let's have them stand up. Where are they at? Where's this? Right there. Ron and Sandy. Wow. Now, here's the unique thing about their love relationship. Uh, they both come from great families. Uh, Maisie, our, our, Sandy was raised by Bill and Maisie, who raised their children to love the Lord. Uh, Ron was raised by Dewey and Mary. They met at church as little kids. I think they kind of liked each other as they were growing up, but they never dated until after high school. They fell in love and they got married, and they have raised three beautiful daughters themselves. The only sad thing I can say about that, Ron, is that you were always outvoted at home, weren't you? All right? What a great couple. We love them. They are partners in ministry and our praise team. Give them a big hand, would you? Well, I've got a third picture I want to throw up there. Man, anybody have any idea who that is? I had hair back then. And I tell you, she's a knockout too. I think all three of us guys married above our means right there when we got these three gals. But here's, yeah, you can clap if you want to. Here's, here's the reason I got that one up there is I'm giving it the old Fonzie thumbs up. Hey, 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 hey I, I got her. I got the prize. Hey, that's what I was saying. Hey, I got her right there. Isn't that great? <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. That was 32 years ago. And you know what we were 32 years ago? 
Did somebody say stupid? <laughs> Young, stupid, dumb. Now here's what we were. We were crazy in love. That's what we we were crazy in love. That's what it was. Crazy in love. We didn't have anything but love. We were crazy in love. Angie had absolutely no idea what she was getting herself into. Absolutely. I didn't know what I was getting into. I'll tell you. But here's what we've done. For 32 years, we have turned life into a lifelong partnership in ministry. A lifelong partnership in ministry. And we see that in a relationship between two famous lovers in the Bible. Here they are, Priscilla and Aquila. Now, I'm sure most of you got up this morning and thought to yourself, boy, I sure hope Pastor preach a, preaches a sermon on Priscilla and Aquila. I've just been aching to hear a good sermon on Priscilla and Aquila, right? You thought that, didn't you? Well, maybe not. Some of you don't even know who Priscilla and Aquila are. Maybe you've heard their names, but you don't know anything about them. In Acts chapter 18, we are introduced to them as we catch up with the Apostle Paul on his second missionary journey. Let me read the first two verses of Acts chapter 18. It says, After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Paul went there and saw them. So here we are introduced to the next couple of famous lovers in the Bible, Aquila and Priscilla. From these verses, we learn that they used to live in Rome, but because of severe persecution, they were forced to leave Rome. Aquila was a Jew, but there is some speculation that his wife Priscilla was actually a wealthy Roman lady from a family that was wealthy in Rome. If that were the case, then this was a beautiful love story between an aristocratic Roman lady who fell in love with this Jewish tent maker. She would have been converted to Judaism, and so when the persecution arose in Rome, she would leave the city with her husband and move to Corinth. And it is here in Corinth that their lives intersect with the life of the Apostle Paul. Because we read in verse 3, And because Paul was a tent maker as they were, he stayed and worked with them. So here's the deal. When the Apostle Paul would go to a new city, he would walk through the marketplace looking for opportunities to share the good news of the gospel, to talk about Jesus and his resurrection. But he would also be looking for work to support himself as he went about his missionary work. Because Paul was a tent maker by trade, he would have probably looked for some local tent making shops. And in God's providence, Paul connects up with this couple, Aquila and Priscilla who would become lifelong friends and also partners with Paul in his ministry. So here's what we're going to do for the next few minutes. We're going to flip through the pages of their biblical marriage album and see what lessons we can learn from Aquila and Priscilla as to what it means to be partners in ministry. Four things. Number one, marriage partners do life together. 
That is, marriage partners experience life together. The amazing thing about these famous lovers of the Bible is that never is one of them mentioned in Scripture without the other being mentioned as well. In fact, they show up six places in the New Testament, and each time their names are coupled together, Aquila and Priscilla. Now, I've already mentioned the fact that Aquila and Priscilla experience their vocational life together. They are partners in their tent-making business. Really, part of experiencing life together is working together, sharing the load together. I do know that very few couples are actually business partners on the professional sense together, and maybe that's because God knew we would kill each other <laughs> if, we, if we lived and worked together all the time. But, but you know what? The work of living and raising a family and building a strong marriage and taking care of a household and providing for the needs of a family is a partnership. That's what it is. It's a partnership. It's a, it's a joining of two people who together can do more than just one. I mean, I, I would hate to see the Harmon household if it all depended just on me. I mean, they can make it a whole lot better without me than they could without her. But we're both important. We're both needed because it is a partnership. Now, you may have already picked up on this, but Aquila and Priscilla not only experienced life together, they experienced difficulties together. Remember, they lived in Corinth because they had been forced to leave Rome because of severe persecution. In fact, in Acts 18, verse 2, it says that Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome. That verse doesn't give us any details about this persecution, but whatever the case... Aquila and Priscilla shared the painful experience of being forced to leave their home, their family, and their job. Marriage partners, husbands and wives, sooner or later, are going to experience some hardships together. I mean, that's just the way life is. And if in your marriage you've not experienced any of these hardships, well, thank God for that, but get ready, because you know what? They're coming. They're coming. Through the years as a pastor, I have watched couples go through some very painful experiences together. The death of a child. The loss of a job. The rebellion of a teenager. Those kinds of hardships can, can be the fires that strengthen the metal of your union. Or they can be the flames that drive you apart as husband and wife. It really all depends on your determination to trust God for strength. You are going to face difficulties, but you need to do it together. Experience life together. Acts chapter 18 verse 3 says, And because Paul was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for they were tent makers by trade. So Paul came to work with this couple in their tent making shop. Perhaps he may have even lived with them during his stay in Corinth. Now, if they were not followers of Christ before, then they would have been during this time Paul worked with them and lived with them. He introduced them to the Lord Jesus Christ, and they were saved. So this couple lived together, they worked together, they suffered hardship together, 
And now they came to know the Lord Jesus Christ together. And church, listen to me. This is the single most important element in any marriage. That you experience life in Christ together. That is, husband and wife, you both live for the Lord and raise your family to love the Lord. The Apostle Peter has some counsel for couples when it comes to experiencing spiritual life together in Christ. To the husband, so listen up, men, wake up. Hey, wake up. here it is. Here's what Peter said, 1 Peter 3, 7. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman who is the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. What this shows us is that husbands and wives have equal standing before God. Now, we have differing roles, that's for sure. It tells us in this verse that the wife is the weaker vessel. I believe that means in the physical sense she's weaker. And the husband needs to be understanding of his wife's uniqueness. But they are to, to understand that both of them as husbands and wives are fellow heirs together of the grace of life. And it's important that that attitude prevails in your marriage, that you understand one another, that you love one another. As I said last week, that you're kind to each other, that you do life together. Why? Well, he tells us right here, so that your prayers are not unhindered. Let me tell you something. Here's a little side note. I don't know how much plainer I can say this. If you and your spouse are constantly fighting and bickering and arguing and there, there's a spirit of angerness and bitterness in your home and in your marriage, God is not going to bless that. God can't bless a relationship like that. He, he's not going to bless a home like that. So you know what? Bottom line is this. Look at me. You've got to get along with each other. You, you've got to understand. When a, you need to understand that you're both co-heirs in Christ Jesus together. Love one another so that your prayers are not hindered. Important to understand that. So here it is. This couple, Aquila and Priscilla, had this attitude of mutual respect and love for one another. And as marriage partners, they did life Together. That brings us to point number two. Marriage partners grow together. Not only do they do life together, they grow together. As we flip through the pages of this couple's biblical marriage album, it is imperative that we see and understand and, and know that they are growing in their relationship together. Not only as husband and wife, but also in their relationship with the Lord. Now, could you imagine, here's Aquila and Priscilla. The Apostle Paul's living in their home. He's working with them. For 18 months, he's right there in their home, right there at their workplace. This man who wrote the bulk of the New Testament, who is a pillar in the family of God, is right there in their home teaching them about God and the Word of God. What a rich experience it must have been for Aquila and Priscilla to sit at the feet of the great apostle and to grow in their faith. That demands me asking you a question. Are you growing this way as a couple? Are you growing together in the Lord? 
let me show you what I mean with, with the use of this, this uh, triangle up here on the screen. Here's a triangle. God's at the top. There's the husband and the wife. Understand, here's how it works. As, as you grow closer to God and as your spouse grows closer to God, what you're actually doing is growing closer to each other. Do you see how that works? Okay. Here I am. Here Angie is. We're both growing in our relationship with Jesus, trying to be a great disciple and follower of Christ. As we grow towards Christ, guess what? We're growing closer to one another. And that has to happen in your marriage. It's something that must be going on in your home. Now, you can accomplish this in a variety of ways. I know couples who, who read the Bible together every morning. There's, there's a couple's devotional Bible that, that some couples have, have bought and they read together. Uh, others uh, spend a, a meal together talking about what God is doing in their life and their family. They, they pray together. They, they live life together. They talk about God together. But they're growing in their relationship with Christ and they're growing in their relationship with one another. The important thing is for you to grow closer to one another. Aquila and Priscilla grew to where Paul saw them as great assets in his missionary activities. Later in Acts chapter 18, it says this, verse 18. After this, Paul stayed many days longer and then took leave of the brothers, set sail for Syria, and with him... Priscilla and Aquila. That, that brings us to the next thing about marriage partners. Number three, marriage partners are on mission together. Look at that verse again, verse 18. After this, Paul stayed many days longer and then took leave of the brothers and set sail for Syria with him, Priscilla and Aquila. Now, th there's something there that, that I want to point out to you that maybe you didn't pick up on as I read it. When we're first introduced to this couple Aquila's name appears first. He's the man. So it was Aquila, then Priscilla. But here the order is reversed, and Priscilla's name comes first. In fact, of the six references to them in God's Word, on four different occasions that happens where Priscilla's name is before her husband's name, Aquila. You might say, well, so what? Big deal. Well, it was a big deal. Especially in New Testament times and in the New Testament world. Normally, the man is the one mentioned. Very seldom is the wife's name even given. And if her name is given, it is always given second. But here, four times out of the six, Priscilla's name comes before Aquila's name. And again, you say, well, preacher, why in the world are you making such a big deal of that? Well, because it's a big deal. And I, and I have to wonder, why? Why does it appear that way? Well, as I've researched it, scholars have different opinions about this. Some say maybe, maybe it's because Priscilla came to Christ before her husband Aquila was saved. Number two, it could be that she was from this aristocratic, prominent family in Rome. And because she had a higher standard of living and, and, and rank in society, her name was listed before her husband's. Or perhaps number three... She was the more spiritually mature of the two. And I don't know, maybe that's the real reason why. Again, you're saying, well, why do you keep belaboring that, man? Go on, man, why do we keep talking about it? Well, because I want to say something to you guys. I think here's a really important principle, men. God has called you to be the spiritual leader of the home, right? 
That's a job we need to take seriously, right? Something that God has called us to do, and only the man can do that. But that doesn't always mean that you are necessarily the most spiritually mature in your home. What do I mean by that? Well, I know a lot of guys who got saved years after their wife got saved. In fact, in, in a whole lot of marriages, this, this is the case. The, the woman comes to know Christ. She's saved. She attends church for years. She grows in her relationship with God. She has the whole church pray for her husband who is lost. And sooner or later, that man gets saved. But you know what? The wife has all these years of spiritual maturity behind her. And now her husband is this brand new Christian. He needs to understand that, you know what? God has still called him to be the spiritual leader of the home. And he needs to assume that duty. He just needs to understand that, that his wife may be way ahead of him in her knowledge of the Lord and of the Word of God. But here's the point. In your marriage, it's not a competition. It's a partnership. It's a partnership. You're doing life together. You're on mission together. Every important decision that I make in my life, I counsel with my wife. Why? Because she looks at the world differently. She sees people different than I see them. She has a different thought process than I do. Why? Because God made her that way. She's a woman. I'm a silly man. I need that balance in my life. I value her opinion. This is not a competition it is a partnership, and so it was in the life of Priscilla and Aquila. So whatever the case, Priscilla and Aquila are on mission together. There are many purposes in marriage for followers of Jesus Christ. Why did God put you with your spouse? Well, for companionship. Hmm? Thank God for that. For intimacy. I'm thankful for that. For procreation. That's why there's a man and a woman. <laughs> Come on, people. Huh? But most importantly, God put you together as a Christian couple as an advertisement for Jesus Christ and the gospel. You're on mission. You are a living billboard for the rest of the world to see. This is how Christians live their life. This is how family is supposed to work. And that's literally what Aquila and Priscilla were. As a couple, they were on mission together. So verse 19 says, They came to Ephesus, and he left them there. But he himself, that is Paul, went into the synagogues and reasoned with the Jews. So Aquila and Priscilla had grown to the point where Paul could leave them alone in Ephesus while he went on about his missionary duties in other places. And that leads me to my, my fourth thing about being partners in marriage. Here it is. Marriage partners minister together. They minister together. They not only do life together and grow together and on our mission together, but they minister together. Paul set sail for other points on his missionary journey. And he leaves this couple, Aquila and Priscilla, to minister together on their own. A few late years later, we find out that Paul returned to Ephesus where he would stay for three years. When Paul was in Ephesus, he wrote the book of 1 Corinthians where Priscilla and Aquila had established their home. 
it, he concludes 1 Corinthians by sending these greetings from, from various believers in Ephesus. And this is what he says, 1 Corinthians 16, 19. The churches of Asia send you greetings. Aquila and Priscilla, together with the church in their house, send you greetings in the name of the Lord. So we see that Aquila and Priscilla were growing in the Lord and growing in their ministry to now where the church at Ephesus was actually meeting in their house. Back in New Testament days, they didn't have church buildings like we have today. And so what they depended on were, were generous members of the church who would open up their homes so that the church could meet in their homes for this purpose. And Aquila and Priscilla opened up their home to the ministry of the Lord. You know what? As a side note, here's, here's what I know. If you have opened up your home for ministry, if you've opened up your home so that God can use your family and your home, it is likely that everything else that you have has been opened up to the Lord as well. Your time, your money, your relationships. So, their ministry in Ephesus goes even deeper than opening their home. You go back to Acts chapter 18. One, one day while attending the synagogue in Ephesus, they heard this young Jewish preacher get up and preach. His name was Apollos. The Bible tells us that he was an eloquent, passionate preacher of the, of the scriptures. But his knowledge of Christ and the gospel was incomplete. He only knew of John the Baptist. So it says in Acts chapter 18 verse 26, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Now I'm glad they did that. Because if they would have been like most modern day church members, they would have gone home from church that day and had roast preacher for lunch. Do you know what I'm talking about? So that's happened at your lunch table, huh? <laughs> you know what? They weren't that way. They saw the good in his message and in his ministry. But they realized that this young man needed some coaching. He needed some encouragement. And so they, they took him aside. Perhaps they took him into their own home and they encouraged him. Here's what they did not say to this young preacher. They did not say, well, that was a really stupid sermon. They didn't say that. They didn't say, don't you know your Bible? Don't you know what happened after John the Baptist? Don't you know about Jesus? No, they didn't say anything like that. They gently and lovingly, here's what the Bible says, explained to him the way of God more accurately. You see, Apollos didn't understand the gospel completely. Aquila and Priscilla saw the potential in this mighty preacher and they helped him. That made a tremendous impact on Apollos' life. He went on to do great things for God. Do you see that? Do you get that? One of your ministries as a couple is to come alongside other people in this church and encourage them and help them. Help them to understand the gospel more accurately. Now, we're not told if Aquila and Priscilla ever had any kids. 
But if they did have kids, I know that they would have done this very thing for their own children. They would have taught them the word of God. As married couples, one, one of our great responsibilities is the spiritual development of our children and then our grandchildren. Church, listen to me. Don't, don't make the mistake of thinking that this church is primarily responsible for your child's spiritual formation. Because we're not. You know who is responsible? You are. That's the parent's job. Now, the church plays a, an integral part of that. The church comes alongside of you and supports you and equips you. But it's your responsibility. And I applaud Aquila and Priscilla. They, they saw that someone needed the gospel explained to them more accurately, and they took the time to do it. Well, here's what I want to do quickly. I want to turn a couple of more pages in their biblical marriage album. Later in the book of Acts, we learned that Paul returns to Corinth. Now, remember, remember that's where he first met Aquila and Priscilla. While he was there in Corinth, Paul wrote the towering book of Romans. And as he concludes that book, we find another mention of Aquila and Priscilla. Now they've moved back to Rome. Remember, they had been, first of all, ran out of that city years before. Now they're back. And Paul concludes the book of Romans with this special word. Romans 16, verse 3. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risk their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Greet also the church that meets in their house. So we've tracked this mobile couple from Rome to Corinth to Ephesus and now back to Rome. And what is amazing to me is this, Aquila and Priscilla show up in three of the most important cities and churches that are found in the New Testament world. And everywhere they are highly esteemed because of their sacrificial service to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know that indeed in two of these churches, the churches met in their own home. Apparently, the Apostle Paul owed his life to this brave husband and wife team. It says that they risk their necks for Paul. That literally means that they put their necks under the axe for Paul. It may have been one of those incidents where Paul was arrested or attacked because he was preaching the gospel. But you know what? Aquila and Priscilla were right there. They had Paul's back. They were his friends. They supported his ministry. They wanted to see him succeed. What's amazing to me is this. Paul was arguably the most important man in the New Testament church beside Jesus Christ himself. And here's what Paul said. I could have never been successful in my ministry if it weren't for Aquila and Priscilla. Isn't that amazing? Well, there's one more page in this couple's marriage album you need to see. Near the end of his life, while he is in a Roman prison, Paul writes to his young protege in ministry, Timothy, who is now the pastor of the church back in Ephesus. And guess who's there helping him? <laughs> Aquila and Priscilla. 
At the conclusion of 2 Timothy, Paul is again sending greetings and he says in chapter 4 verse 19, Greet Priscilla and Aquila. At the end of their life, they were still doing ministry together as partners. I want to end today by telling you a story. A, a couple of weeks ago, I had the privilege of uh, traveling to Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, there, there's, a, there's a church in Louisville called Southeast Christian Church. A guy by the name of Bob Russell went there in 1966 to become their pastor. Bob was only 22 when he went to uh, Southeast Church. They had about 120 people in the congregation, and they met in the basement of a house. They were just a young congregation. They were, they were looking for a, a young pastor who could lead them to do great things for God. And they, they took a chance on this 22-year-old, fresh-out-of-college graduate. It was interesting when I was there in, in Louisville talking to uh, the elder chairman, the chairman of the, of the board of that church. He, he remembered those days, and he said, our goal as a board was to make Bob Russell successful. I thought that was interesting. Here's, here's the chairman of the church board. He said, my goal as a church member was to make my pastor successful. He said, because if I, I knew if, if my pastor was successful, our church would be successful. And if the church was successful, my family would win. So anyway, I got to go to this, uh, this great church. Bob started the church in 1966, 120 people. He retired in 2006. And when he retired from Southeast Christian Church, they were running a mere 18,000. From 120 to 18,000 in 40 years. I think that's pretty successful, don't you? He's been retired since 2006. The church hasn't stopped growing. They not only have their main campus, but they have three satellite campuses. And every weekend, they will run 24,000 people. That's amazing. What a great success story, huh? Well, Bob took his retirement serious. Instead of playing golf, as he loves to do, he decided that he would help out other pastors. So four times a year... He opens up their retreat center and his home as well and invites pastors to come in. Usually there's a group of, of eight to nine pastors that he'll bring up for a time of mentoring, a time of encouragement, and a time of refreshment. Uh, I was chosen to be a group of, of nine free will Baptist preachers who got to go on this great retreat. So I show up at the Louisville airport on a Monday afternoon. I got there about 2.30. There, there are two or three other Free Will Baptist preachers who showed up on different planes about the same time that I did. We went to the, the, the baggage claim area and, and were getting our suitcases. And there was a couple there from Southeast Christian Church to, to meet us and to take us to the retreat center. Uh, they, were, they were an older couple. In fact, uh, he was 82 and, uh, and she was 81 years old. And I thought, Lord, have mercy. I hope we make it, you know. And, uh, but you know what? They, they turned out to be some, some special couple. Uh, his, his name was Birch, and her name was O'Neill. Moberly was her last name. We loaded up our luggage in the van, and, and we took off. And uh, Birch sat over there and drove. That was his job. He just drove us to 45 miles to the retreat center. While O'Neill sat over there and turned around, she turned to face us, and she talked. Non-stop for 45 miles. She told us everything we ever wanted to know about Louisville, Kentucky. She, she knows the history not only of the state of Kentucky, but also of that city. We would pass a building. She would tell us the history about the building. 
She told us the history of Southeast Church. She told us about Bob Russell. She told us about the ministry retreat we were about to go on. I was thinking to myself, Lord, does this lady ever take a breath? Nonstop, she talked the whole time. She was the Energizer Bunny. Huh? Well, we got to the retreat center, and, and uh, Birch and O'Neill, they would eat their meals with us. They, they lived uh, about an hour and a half away. At night, they would drive home an hour and a half away, but every morning, they would be back. They were our designated drivers. They drove us around in the van. Again, Birch would sit over there and drive, and O'Neill would talk the whole time. I, I would notice them in the cafeteria, though, of that retreat center, and, and, and they would be holding hands. 81 and 82 years old, they would still be holding hands. Well, on Wednesday, we got to tour Southeast Christian Church. Again, this is a massive campus. The church sits on 167 acres. Uh, they have four huge buildings. The sanctuary seats 9,000 people. Their fellowship hall is bigger than our entire facility. I mean, this is a huge facility. Uh, in their gymnasium, they have six basketball courts. I mean, this is just a huge, huge facility, huge buildings. We toured it. It took us an hour and a half. We never stopped walking. And guess who our tour guide was? Miss <laughs> O'Neill. Birch went along. He, his job was to carry O'Neill's water bottle, all right? And here she was. She talked the whole time as she toured. She talked. The nine of us had to stay as close with her as we possibly could. And here was the embarrassing part. On numerous occasions, she would turn around and walk backwards while talking to us. And I was almost running, trying to keep up with this 81-year-old woman. About halfway through the tour, she, she admitted, she says, I'm sorry, guys. She said, two weeks ago, I had foot surgery. Uh, this, this tour would, would be going a little quicker if I hadn't had surgery. I was thinking to myself, Lord, thank you for the surgery two, <laughs> two weeks ago. because I, I wouldn't be making it right now. At the end of the tour, old Birch looked over at me and kind of winked and said, she's kind of hard to stay up with, isn't she? D did I mention she, she retired as president of a women's college in Louisville? Just, she was a remarkable woman. The next day on Thursday, we were meeting back with Bob, and he asked us how the tour went with O'Neill, and we all just kind of laughed, and he says, yeah, I, I was pastor of this church for 40 years, but I took that tour one time. I learned things about Southeast I never knew. <laughs> incredible woman as I reflect on it here, here's what I learned from that time with Birch and O'Neill 81 82 years old first thing is they loved God that was evident they talked about God the whole time they loved the Lord Jesus Christ both of their spouses had died they'd been married for over 20 years to each other but guess where they met Southeast Christian Church. They loved God. They loved one another. 80 years old plus, still holding hands, googly eyed, crazy in love. Number three, they loved their church. They loved their church. They devoted themselves, they volunteered their time and their ministry to their church. It was their church for life. You know, I got to thinking to myself, what a great way to end life. Loving the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Loving the spouse of your youth. Still crazy in love. And doing ministry together. 
loving your church, being a part of what God is doing. And guys, more than anything, that's, that's what I want for you. That's what I want for your marriage, for, for your home, for you to love God, for you to love each other as a family, and for you to do life the right way, together serving Him. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would make that our goal this morning. Lord, if there's someone in this room who's never given their heart to you, I pray that today they would come and receive Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, that they would get saved. Lord, if there is a Christian who is away from you, maybe they've, they've just kind of strayed in their walk with you and they're, they're not living for you like they should, may they come today and recommit their life to you. Lord, for the rest of us, I, I pray that we would have the desire and feel the need to come and dedicate our families to you. Lord, I pray that husbands and wives would come today and recommit their marriage to you.